back to What's Your Jersey podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji and Meatballs. Happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys have a safe, healthy, but really fun weekend. And I'm guessing most of you, some of you maybe, are either listening to this while you're driving somewhere or cleaning. I feel like I always listen to podcasts when I'm cleaning and in the shower. Yes, life has been boring lately. Um, I... I'm so, so grateful for my guest this week just because she is so open and honest and drops so much knowledge. I think you're going to love it and you're going to learn and you're definitely going to be comforted if you've ever gone through a breakup, a divorce, or major changes in your life, which all of us have gone through major changes in our lives because we're living in 2020. Um so I really, 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 I definitely urge you to listen until the very end because there are so many gems and just really good stories. And again, just really good tips, not only on love life, but we got into manifestation. We got into self-care talk, therapy, on top of laughing, having fun. We also got into tips on how to grow your social media and actually turn your social media presence into a money maker for yourself. And some of the tips that Manon gives are be consistent, put yourself out there every single day and do what resonates and is authentic with you. And I feel like that, um, those are some big tips, but she gives so many amazing tips, especially towards the end. I ask her, she has a new book that just came out called Funny How It Works Out. And I ask her, she has a section in the back. It's 30 tips on how to improve your life. So at the very end of the podcast, she talks about those. And yeah, guys, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy you're still listening and supporting What's Your Jersey. And um, yeah, please, 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 if you want to work out with me, I'm still teaching my Plyo Jam classes. I do one or two live Zoom classes every single week. You can go on my social media to find out all of that info. It's at Jacqueline Marfuji, J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-A-R-F-U-G-G-I. Or um, go to my TikTok. My TikTok's pretty fun. You'll find cool, fun, quick videos. I've been really enjoying doing it. And I feel like you get to see a whole other side of me that you don't get to see on the podcast. Also, football season is here. I'm going to start talking about fantasy football because guess what? I am pulling the trigger and I am joining a fantasy football league. I didn't do it last year, but hey, I feel like uh, I have some more time on my hands this year. So we're going to be doing a lot more with sports and just all the things fall. I'm obsessed with fall. It's my favorite season of the year. If I could just go live in like Salem, Massachusetts or up in Rhode Island for the next like two months, I would I might actually come to think of it Um, because, you know, we're all working remotely. So I guess I guess we could all do that. Um, But I'm so excited fall is here. I would love to hear from you guys, your favorite like fall TV show, movies, cookbooks, like anything fall that you love. Please email me at what's your jersey podcast at gmail.com because I feel like this is like a refresher. I feel like there's always new shows that come out and it just feels like, okay, we did the summer. We partied at home. 
Um, <laughs> we did all the things, but now let's get to it and let's just have have a nice crisp pumpkin spice latte and just get on with the year. God, can't wait for 2021. Um, anyway, I um, I'm really I'm so honored to have Min and Matthews on my podcast. I'll list her credits in a second when I introduce her during the interview. But she's a content creator, author actress and just hilarious, hilarious human being altogether. And also very open and honest about the struggles that she's been through, whether it was with addiction, getting sober, divorce, all of it. And she really has done so much work on herself throughout the past 10 years. And I feel like everything that she's done really shows that you just have to do the work on yourself and be prepared for anything that comes your way. You can't wait to hit rock bottom. You can't wait for that one opportunity to make all the things better. Just start now. Start today. Start being happy. And she, I mean, there's so many good quotes. I'm going to shut up and I am going to let you guys just love Min and Matthews. Enjoy. Um, Meatballs. You have a massive treat in store for you today. I am so, A, honored, but even more just excited for my guest that I'm about to just have a really awesome chat with because she's so freaking hilarious, but on the flip side, so deep and in touch with just herself and life. And the story that she just has come out with is so incredible. And I know you guys are going to love her as much as I do. Um, She's amazing. She is an actor, an author, a content creator. I mean, guys, I also just have to say congrats on 1 million TikTok followers. That's an awesome credit. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in there. Um, one of my favorite credits of yours, though, is that Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox fangirled the shit out of you. Um, Man and Matthews. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like that's, I mean, I'm, I was like looking through your Instagram and I was like, what the fuck? Come on. It's a dream come true. Best day of my life was when Jen followed me last year. And then most recently Courtney did. And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I, I honestly feel like I could just have them two following me and feel complete in the world. Like your Instagram is just you, Jennifer Aniston, and Courtney Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I I love it. I also love, I was deep dive stalking you on your Instagram and your birthday cake was um, a whole like friends multi-tiered cake. And that's also goals. For- yeah. I mean, she probably thinks, Jennifer, by the way, probably thinks I'm a little nutso because, so she had, I've already, I've been obsessed with friends, right? I haven't really like made it that known, but when she started following me last year, I think I want to say a couple like a week before my birthday in October, I I think I had already ordered the friend's cake because I saw it on my cake. I have a cake girl who did my wedding cake and done my birthday cake and whatever. And she's so talented. And I saw, I was like, what should I make this cake? And I saw the friend's cake and I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then Jen started following me and I was like, okay, you're going to think I'm so, cause then my best friend Travis got me a friend's t-shirt as if the show just came out, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, I'm like covered in memorabilia and I'm like, please don't unfollow me. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend Jen is not going to unfollow you, girl. Um, it's so funny. I was just, so I'm, I'm recording in New Jersey right now. Um, 
and I was just at my parents' house and you know, when like your parents move, well, I don't know if they've left your childhood house, but mine did. And they had packed up all my stuff. And so I finally dug out a storage bin of all my old pictures of when I was little. And I forgot I had the Rachel haircut when I was in like, oh. six like to it. Yeah, I, I saw you put your face over her. On her, <laughs> oh yeah! On the episode that I just watched, I just watched that episode. It was the finale of season one. You actually, I was like, "Wait, is that her? Or is that you? What's going on?" <laughs> golden years. But, I mean, best compliment ever, Manon. I feel so close and connected to you. So um, I no, feel like, like you did. If you had a Rachel, <laughs> first of all, she had the best hair. Every season, she would just kill it with new hair, and it was just amazing. So you, which, which oh, season yeah. there did you it, have? Oh, I, I had end of first season, like that exact episode. Like it was all of that, the whole her and Ross getting together, just that flip the, yep. Yeah. It was a thing. It was a yeah, thing. The, um, uh, the mid, the mid length, um, uh, <laughs> layers in the front bouncy Bobby thing going on. <laughs> Party in the bottom. I feel like you manifested <laughs> your Gen N follow with that that um cake. Which I um, definitely did. I definitely did. I mean, yeah. It's she bought my book, which is like the best thing that's ever happened in my oh life. My God. Apart from her following me. <laughs> and I think <laughs> in the book I even wrote even in the book I was like, um, oh, you know, the best day of my life was when Jen followed me and then she's like, I got your book. I was like, Oh crap. She's gonna think I'm so whatever. Maybe, I hope she just I mean, it's a great show. Like millions of people love it, so like I'm not the only one. Hopefully she just finds it charming and and, and you know, sweet that she has a massive fan whatever but she likes all my posts which is really just a dream you oh know? my god i feel like you're manifesting being in a movie with her right now right here it's happening um that's already been in the back of my mind since she started following me i was like okay well i guess we're gonna have to do the buddy you know mama daughter drama buddy comedy it's kind of like um what's her name amy amy did with goldie hawn Yep, I see something that's it. Me, me and Jen. <laughs> and Courtney, like a friend of. Yeah, exactly. Courtney's got to make an appearance. <laughs> that's happened. No, I, I love it. And I feel like, well, I also, your manifestation or manifestation, mm-hmm. um, Instagram. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to dive right into it. You know, when you're podcasting, like I have so many bullet points and questions and notes, and I'm already down to like halfway through my first page, but whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules in this there's game there's no rules and we can go back you know yeah um, and yes manifestation is my it's a it's a different channel that I came up with when I moved to New York in 2017 where I just felt so spiritually inclined to be like you know what I'm not just going to do comedy anymore I'm going to show the other side of me because I feel like I've always had the spiritual side and I got really into mental health and self-help and, you know, getting more energy by following your dreams and getting deep with people. And I felt like I wasn't showing that side at all. I was just showing the goofy, wacky, you know, comedian side. And so I actually think the first, it wasn't called manifestation at first. I think it was called like wake up and dance. Cause I had this vision that like, I'm going to get people to wake up and dance. And then it didn't really go anywhere. Cause I, stopped doing it. 
Um, and then I switched it to manifestation because that's just where what felt like funnier, I guess, play on words. And from there, it's just like, I guess that's how like the book came. And now I'm coaching clients and guiding people one-on-one, which is really wonderful. So it's like this parallel universe, uh, Instagram account. (laughs) So yeah, it's, 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 it's really, really fulfilling and fun. And I mean, at some point I want to combine the two and just like, screw it. Like I'm trying to, I think I felt a little bit like, Oh, whoever thinks I'm funny isn't going to appreciate this deeper side when that is just so my own limitation. And I just am learning. It's just not true. Like we're all so different and not just more, we're all multi-layered and non-linear and all these, you know, we got a lot going on with us as humans. I love that. And I feel like, especially as comedians, we feel like we have to be in like one lane, like funny, funny, funny. That's it. You can't show other sides of you. Like I teach like fitness and dance classes. And so many comedians were like, you can't share that on your Instagram page. Like people are going to get confused. And I just don't think that's the case, especially right now. I feel like we're all just, you got to just throw all the shit up against the wall at this point. And if it sparks joy for you, then I think just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to, you know, stay in whatever lane that you started in, but leave room to also expand further and to like lightly kind of trickle in other ways that, you know, bring you joy. So you can ease people into knowing that more is coming in a different way that it's not just going to be comedy. But I think that's, I think that's kind of an old, old belief that like, you just have to do comedy because there's fear, right? Like, Oh, if like I've posted stuff that's serious and most people appreciate it. And then there's a couple of people that are like, I can't tell if, wait, is she kidding? Like (laughs) I'm so used to seeing her joke that I can't tell if she's kidding. And maybe those are just snide comments. I don't know, but I have found I think I valued my humor more than I valued the other parts of me. And I thought this is, this is my most valuable asset is just me being funny. Mm -hmm. And what I've actually seen even in the statistics and algorithm is that when I share just what's true and my authentic, my authentic self and vulnerability, it, it's, it gets way more engagement and I'm shocked every time. (laughs) Because it's always the time where you're like, eh, people might not like this, like, but whatever. I just want to be authentic. So I'm posting it. And people mm-hmm. resonate with that shit. They love it. Yeah, because it cuts the whole like crap about I'm only going to show my best side. And and um, basically, it's a lie when we only show like, here's one moment out of a whole week where I'm smiling. But I wasn't smiling 24 seven for the week, but I'm only showing that part of you, but that, that part of me to you. And then that's really dangerous for the people that might not be traveling to Europe, having, you know, money, enough finances, people are stressed out and they want to relate. Yes. They want to laugh, but they also want to feel connected and feeling like, okay, that we're all connected and part of, and all going kind of through similar things. And I don't know how healthy it is to put each other up on pedestals and have this like unreachable way of, do you get what I'm saying? Oh no, I 100% do. (laughs) I just got tired of myself. (laughs) 
I'm like going mentally through my head, like all the Instagram accounts and stories I've seen all through quarantine where I'm just like, man, I'm doing it wrong. Fuck. How yeah, on? which sucks. You're not. Like, that's the worst. It's like, and I've had that too, where I was like, you know, ugh, it's just so, we want, we hope we let's make Instagram like a place where it's fun again, where it's just, you're only following accounts that make you feel good. And then, oh, yeah. you know, if you don't want to unfollow, then at least hide the accounts that kind of make you feel insecure, like make it a safer, more fun environment for yourself for these. That's why I like TikTok is because it seems like a more welcoming environment. Oh my know, gosh. Yeah. That? Oh my gosh. I love, I just, I was hired to actually run a TikTok account for Plyo Jam, the company I teach classes for. And it's been so much fun just because it doesn't have to be perfect. And what I found from mm-hmm. like posting videos, cause we have a lot of like professional dancers and then we have people that aren't, but still are great and love it. And the ones of like the non-perfect dancers are the ones people totally relate to and resonate with and watch so much more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a easy, it's an easy app to get access to. You don't have to be a creator or an influencer to be on it. Anyone can be on it. So it's very welcoming. And they also support people that jump on it, right? Like, I don't know if you've noticed where it's like run random video will hit and get a ton of views and you're like, wait, what? And it, it just gets people excited and it's easy to find people. It's a lot easier to grow on TikTok than I have found on Instagram. I don't know oh, if that's totally. true for you, but that's that's been my experience because I've been on Instagram for seven years now and I got on TikTok earlier this year and TikTok's at a million and Instagram is not. <laughs> so I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe I just need to post more bikini shots. Nothing no. against those. I'm no, just- I mean, you look phenomenal and that has to be called out because man, and you're working on that pod and it's, it's showing. You just look so just healthy and fresh and tight and also womanly, womanly, womanly. Um, and so <gasps> oh my God, you. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. No. I haven't heard. No one's told me that. No, people, no. I mean, I've heard over the, uh, the last two years, people say you look really good, but I don't know what any of that, I don't know what that means. So for you to use adjectives like tight, and fresh. I'm just like eating that up. That's great news. <laughs> Thank you. Girl, you need to hear it because struggle can be real. I mean, I ate two pieces of pizza last night after my pizza dinner. Like I, I was doing like, <laughs> hey, I get it. <laughs> so much of it for me has been a mental, a mental game rather than like what I'm eating. Cause I have not eaten healthy this quarantine at all, but I eat with love. If that makes any sense. Like I send the love, like if I'm going to eat pizza or an extra slice of cake or whatever, I'm not going to eat shame. I'm going to bless it with light love. And I'm going to eat that because it's just energy. And so the reason why, when I used to eat really, I used to, I had an overeating issue and I used to eat a lot, but I was eating shame, guilt, pain, basically eating a reason to beat myself up. Cause like, see, I didn't do good enough. And then I would only allow myself to feel good if I ate healthy, which is such a limiting way of being. And so what's shifted for me over the past couple of years, cause I moved to New York and I was like, I need to be able to eat pizza. If I'm going to New York, I don't want to eat this way. This isn't fun. And luckily you walk around in New York and it's great, but you get out of your head and yeah. One of the things I do is I, I bless all my food with love. And so when I'm eating, I'm eating the energy of love. Get it? 
Uh, you're just eating love every day. <laughs> yes. And so you can't, it, it's not that energy of like, oh, I messed up. It's not going to stick with you. I love that. And it's, I mean, we could do an entire podcast about eating issues. Like I had eating disorder issues. I've talked about it on here before where I, you know, was a dancer, dance competitions. I've had so many people like make comments about my body. And it was funny recently when I was going through all the storage, I found a journal from probably when I was like 21. And I had put all these pictures of me just like party bloated, unflattering. And I wrote down everything I ate and I beat the shit out of myself verbally in this journal. And it was just so upsetting to read because the stuff I was eating, I was awful and drinking and like, it was insane, but every entry was so, so mean. And I feel like now, like you have to just accept that you're eating something and enjoy it and not beat yourself up over it. You know, yeah, totally. <laughs> it makes me sad because I know you're not the only one, and I too have done that many times. Where it's almost like the addiction is the it's what can I do to prove that I just suck? Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. The, and then when you find out that you really don't suck and that you really are lovable because you're on the planet, and isn't that enough to be lovable? It's like I just exist here, so. I'm worthy of love because I exist. And what if those were the terms? It wasn't like I'm worthy of love if I have a boyfriend, if I have enough money, if I have enough followers. It's like we put these conditions that are just ridiculously high that we'll never amount to. And so then we're never going to feel lovable in our life. Hell no. What if we're lovable just because we're breathing? Yeah. Make that the standard. And also because we are who we are without putting on all the like hats and layers and resumes. Like you're just you are cool as a person and that's why you deserve love. And I feel like that's really hard to remember sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I um, is. Well, because we're watching, we're taking in information, so much information every day in every way online, on TV, around us. It's, I mean, sometimes we just need a break to just be. Yeah. It's funny. And I, I hate to keep going back to like childhood stuff, but I, this time last year had, do you know, Lacey Phillips? She, um, she's a manifestation like expert. She's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of her stuff is about like going back to like what you love to do when you were like seven or eight years old. And like, yeah, it's just very interesting, like going back and seeing like, yeah, I love to dance and do all those things. And that's kind of like the path and like be funny. And I was just wondering, like, what were you like at seven or eight years old? Like, what were you into? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we to Man, in at seven. <laughs> Man in at seven was dancing uh in front of a mirror to in sync or something no maybe seven was too young i would get my i have really really funny parents my dad's overtly funny and like goofy and witty and my mom's more like the stoner humor like really likes the Simpsons and is quiet but she when she talks she's very funny and so i was always surrounded by humorous people. And so I definitely was a goofy kid. I would do impressions. I remember running into the house and I'd be like, mom, guess who I am? And I'd make a face and she'd be like, oh my God, that's Ryan from across the street. How did, what? Like she knew exactly who I was doing by a facial expression and it made her laugh. And so I wired that like, when I'm funny, it makes my parents feel good. And you know, I would put on dance shows with like a fart cup, which are, which is, um, 
the thing where you push the putty and it makes, you know, flatulent noises. And I would do dances with that cup and make people laugh. And I would always do like, um, make my friends laugh and kind of embarrass myself in public. So it kind of embarrass them, but also make them laugh. And so I was a very joyful kid, uh, up until about 11 when we moved to a different school and then everything shifted from me being funny and happy to now I'm alone in the world and getting made fun of. And yeah, that's when all the, the self hatred tr- started trickling in. Oh yeah. Sorry to it's, turn it dark, but <laughs> no, it's so funny because man and I, we literally, I think we've done a few like pretty funny women shows together, but we've never actually like hung out or like, mm-hmm you know, talked. So this, it's just so interesting. Cause I had a similar path where same thing, performing funny, like so happy going through life. And then kind of hit that 11, 12 year old phase. And like, there was just mean girls and different schools and like weird stuff and like had it's yeah, no, that happens. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're doing <laughs> describing what, like you just described, you're doing pretty much exactly what you loved and thrived doing when you were like seven or eight that's how Uh, it all starts that's right like it's like that's why I'm like so I'm so grateful that I'm basically doing what I did when I was a kid most people that have known me and who I see later they're like you're literally the same exact person you know which you know that could be taken I don't know how good that sounds but I take it as like great I'm just like I was when I was a kid before all the fear and trauma took over because that's what I spent basically the last, you know, however many years getting sober and doing all these things to unlearn all the fear that was taught to me so I can get back to who I really am, which is love and and that childhood sense of wonderment, which is like where I crave to live my life. Yeah. I feel like so much of that, just from hearing you talk on podcasts and, you know, your book, so much of that self-help has helped you just get through, the, especially this past year of your life, two years of your life. Yes. Um, Thank I, God for the work that I did before we get into what we're going to talk about. Like, had I not been soul searching and digging, I don't think I could have gotten through the last year. I want to know, like, what advice do you have for someone about like choosing to do that soul searching? Like what path did you take to before all the shit really hit the fan, really get in there and figure your stuff out? Because I mean, you have so many good quotes that I've heard you say, but one of the things that resonated with me was take care of yourself and your personal wounds. So you don't bleed on other people. And I I think that's so important that like you have to take care of your shit before being able to like really let anyone in. Yeah. We don't do that because we just want to feel good. We're, we're driven to feel good. That's, you know, we can be impulsive. Like I just want to feel good. I just want to feel connected. The main human desire is to feel connected. And for me, um, I had to hit a bottom at, a, at age 23 with, with alcohol. And it wasn't really until I stopped, you know, self-soothing and pacifying with alcohol that I started pacifying with self-help books and people that have come before me that, you know, have smiles on their faces and seem to be free of this, you know, addiction that I just said, what did you do? And then they told me what they did. And I started doing what they did. You know, I asked for help. That was hard for me. That was humbling. I didn't, I don't want to ask for help. It's, you know, like I should be able to do this life on my own. It's like, well, no, I shouldn't. 
You know, if you think about a, a, a hole or a ditch and the deeper that that goes, you can't get out of that by yourself. You need someone to, to reach in and be like, Hey, I got you. And so the best thing I ever did was ask for help and admit that like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. You know, I think I'm eating too much or I'm drinking too much or I'm, you know, in some cases for people, it's gambling, it's sex, it's spending and shopping and it's whatever. It's we're really doing our the most we can to just avoid how we're feeling because God forbid we feel too much, but feelings never kill us, the avoiding them do. And Mm -hmm. so I was lucky enough to have a rock bottom experience to, to what opened my life. And unfortunately I think we don't change unless we have to. And until we're in enough pain, um, we're not going to change. And so people are kind of just floating by, um, not knowing that they can hit, hit, I heard someone say hit rock middle. Like don't wait until your life is in flames. Like you can change now. Yeah. Right. Like we don't have to wait until life is just horrific. That's just my, my experience. And, you know, I got sober. I went to meetings, 12 step meetings. I started reading Marianne Williamson and going to her seminars and then doing all these other seminars. I sought it out. I thought, okay, I want to heal. I want to heal. I feel like I'm still in pain over things that I haven't like looked at. And so I, I really started seeking it out. Did you seek, because I always wonder this, and one of the things I like respect so much about you and love is, is your relationship with your parents. Um, did you seek out help with them or did you like run out in the opposite direction and try to like seek help from other people in your life? No, other people. I, yeah, I was under the impression that it was all their fault. So yeah. just like every kid, they're like, it's my, my parents messed me up. It's, <laughs> it's hard to get, we have such a filter with our parents that it's a, and until we have that under control, um, I can only speak for myself. I had a, I had many filters. So anytime they would talk to me, I wasn't actually hearing what they were saying. I was hearing that I'm just not good enough. And, and had they been differently, maybe I would have been differently. And so I, I looked elsewhere to somewhere where it was a blank canvas. So I could really hear what people were saying. And then I had to kind of like backtrack and forgive and let go of the past resentment and realize that I am who I am because my parents were who they were. And if they weren't that way, then I wouldn't be who I am. And they did the best that they could at the time. And if they could have done better, they would have done better, but they didn't know better. That's what they were taught. That just sounded like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. I love that. Or an Eminem rap. I don't know. I love No, that's so smart. And oh God, I love that. And I feel like doing all this self-help and, you know, uh, hypnosis therapy, all this stuff is kind of like a full-time job and you were doing this also while building a career and trying to do stand-up and like I mean I don't know I, what I, I was thinking I don't know what <laughs> I was thinking I was out of my mind because that's literally I was live living and breathing uh self-help whilst yeah going and doing stand-up and go in the whole time going do I want to be funny I'm now noticing that it's a defense mechanism it's not really making sense 
but my mind is just wired to do humor. And so I would say I focused actually a lot more on the self-help than I did on the comedy. The comedy, I was lucky enough to have these apps and the Vine app and Instagram to kind of make it easy to go have that instant gratification of, oh, this is a funny moment. Let me capture it. Let me post it. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I think the first time I saw you, like we were on a show at the comedy store and I think it was the first time I saw you do your Kristen store, Kim Kardashian bit. And I, I do impressions too. And you know, like when you're good at certain things, you're kind of like, Oh, whatever, like judgy or like, you're like, what's this chick about? And I respected the fuck out of you after I saw you perform. And I was like, this bitch is funny. And mm. I mean, I, I just, I love your impressions. Your Jennifer Coolidge, I think is just, I could watch that on loop over and over. Wow. Oh, it, thank you. It's so spot on though. And I, I, I think <sighs> there's such an art to it and you got it, girl, you know, you do. Um, but meatball, I call my listeners meatballs. You're probably like, why the fuck does she keep talking about meatballs? No, um, I, I think it's adorable <laughs> and it makes me hungry. Um, yes. Right. We need to eat after this. Um, I will normally, if you were in my living room doing this in person, you'd have a bowl of meatballs in front of you because I always have my guests. I give them meatballs. Um, I want meatballs right now. That sounds delicious. Guys, you heard it here first. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is on the podcast today. Um, Oh, wow. This is delightful. (laughs) Is the camera on me? Can you see me? I want you to see my hoo has. That's cold for, for boobs. Boobs. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, So well. finish your thought, meatballs. You were going to say some meatballs. And then we got distracted. Oh, yeah. Meatballs. Um, please, please, please. I'm sure all of you are already following Manon, but check out her Instagram, her TikTok, all of it for everything we're talking about right now because it's amazing. Um, one of my also my favorite things that you've done, which I feel like is so relatable to so many people, um, your get low video where friends get really into songs in the car. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that resonates with me harder than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but yeah, we like normal pop music, but when a song like that comes on, I lose my shit. Uh, uh, so it hits <laughs> deep within the cells of the body. When I hear, I think it's put, honestly put, particularly Ying Yang Twins and Little John, they really do it for me. <laughs> for me, it's it's ludicrous for some reason. Like, I Ooh. think he's a treasure. <laughs> he really does it for me. It's so random, but yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's those, those, that, that one video I did, I want to say in 2015 or something, got like 80 million views on Facebook. It's definitely... Those I need to be making more of them, yeah. um, for sure because they always do really well. And I have a dear friend uh, who has like ten million followers on Facebook, and she's always like, "Give the people what they want. They want you to lip sync." And I'm like, "No, I should try something new." And I don't know why I'm not just taking her damn advice because she has ten million followers. <sighs> but my, you know what happens is my neck, I get too into it that my neck hurts after. And I actually do have to go to the chiropractor when I do it. Oh my God. So yeah. It, you it really... feels like this whole big thing. <laughs> you put your back into it, girl, but the people appreciate it. 
I feel like we should just be paying your like chiropractor bills, just watching your videos. Seriously. If I got paid, I mean, I haven't been paid a dang nickel for those videos because you know, they're copywritten music and whatever, but that would be more incentive. As if yeah. I could just, just go for it. Covered. Yeah. I think it's so cool though, that you've parlayed so many like sponsorships and advertising deals. Like you not only, you know, do like TikTok videos and stuff, but like you've created this entire like empire, like commercial business for yourself. And I was wondering if you had any advice for the meatballs who want to maybe get into doing stuff like that, using their social media, like what you did to go about that. Yeah. Well, there's a couple ways to navigate this. Um, The first one being, you know, if you don't have a following and you want to get a following, well, I never thought of, I never thought I was going to get a following. That wasn't my intention. My intention was I love making videos. So I'm going to follow my bliss and create. And that's my job is just to create and put it out there. And so that's first things first, do what resonates with you. Don't try to get followers. Don't try to get you know, uh, brand deals or whatever. First, be authentic to you for a little while. Be consistent. You know, like with TikTok, they say just post every single day, which can feel like a lot. Um, and be, be, you know, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to, there's, there's never no such thing as too much. Just put out what's real for you. Hashtag the, you know, the shit out of it. Um, put a location, be consistent. And then as far as brands go, you know, I've been lucky enough to have kind of a manager that, that helps streamline all of that. And I've just been doing it for so long now that it feels, I don't even know how they come, but oftentimes I'll reach out to brands that I want to work with, you know, even if it's like a cereal or, um, a jewelry line or whatever, and I will reach out and compose an email and I'll send those out all the time being like, I'd love to work with you. So be bold, be brave, um, be proactive. Uh, don't make, don't make it precious. You know, don't put a whole story behind it of like, Oh, well, if they reject me or if they don't write back, don't make it, don't take it personally. Don't make it about you. Um, but do you like follow the brands that you really enjoy and, you know, make sure you have good lighting. If it's something that you do photos or videos Make sure you, you know, you, you know how to learn a little bit about what looks good and what's bright, bold colors. Um, and yeah, know your worth. I had a, I had a, oh my God, I had like 500,000 followers on Vine at one, uh, that was in the beginning. And I remember brands would reach out and they'd be like, oh, we'll pay you a hundred dollars to, to promote this thing. And for me, I was like, what a hundred dollars. Cause I was a waitress and I was like, I'm down. And then, and then I started doing that and people were like, I just thought it was amazing that I was getting paid for that in general. But then I had yeah. other friends that were like, no, you should be paying, getting paid a thousand dollars or whatever. I was like a thousand dollars. Cause I started, I had to really look at my worth and do I feel worthy? Do I feel, you know, I had to really like adjust my mind frame and look at it more from a business rather than through my feelings. Right. And so yeah. ready, re- asking around, getting clear. Okay. I have 10,000 followers. What do you think that I should be charging per post? You know, I've had so many friends help me with certain numbers and again, not making it precious, not making it mean anything about you because sometimes we, we put ourselves into the brand thinking that, you know, 
oh, they only want to pay me $100. Well, that mean they, means they don't value me. It's like, no, that's just what their budget is. If you know your worth, if you know you're worth $500, then say my rate is $500 and be willing to either negotiate to $400 or walk away, you know? And, and again, don't take it personally. I have never actually given this advice. This is bizarre, but I love that we're talking about it. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's such good advice and it's stuff that no one tells you when you're going into this. Yeah. I wish I would have known sooner because I think I missed out on like thousands of dollars because I was lowballing everybody. Cause I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. Well, I thank you for this advice. The meatballs. Thank you for this advice. And if you guys have any other questions, you can email me at what's your Jersey podcast at gmail.com. Um, it's funny when I posted that you were coming on the podcast, I got a lot of responses and questions and I, there was one message that I really wanted to share with you because I, you touched, you've touched so many people with your new book that just came out. Um, funny how it works out. Uh, you guys definitely have to get it. It's, it's funny. It's also so deep and yeah. Anyway. Um, so if you don't mind, I want to share a message from one of the meatballs. Um, so Liz Hall, a friend of mine, she, when she saw this, she wrote, I loved how raw and vulnerable she was to share so much of her story and her truth. I'm sure it was not easy for her to write about and share, but when she talked about her divorce and grieving process, it really helped not only me, but I'm sure so many others who are the, on the younger side of divorce thinking, this is it. I, I met the love of my life and then it not being anything you envisioned. Also, I am by no means sober, but knowing how much of a crutch alcohol can be, especially in social situations and men in pushing through and staying sober for so many years and keeping true to her deeper and better self is amazing. She said she read the book in one day and it usually takes her three months to get through a book. Um, And yeah, she's someone who also got divorced at a young age, thought she met the love of her life. And I had a lot of women reach out saying similar things, but I just thought you should hear that because Mm -hmm. that came straight from the heart from her. Yeah, that was really, really beautiful. And I thank you for reading it. It it does something different to hear it auditorily and to listen rather than even visually reading it. And so it was, it's really, really nice. And I, I really, it made the whole process of, you know, cause it was, it was scary sharing my journey. Um, cause I didn't know how people would take it. I didn't know what they would think, but something in me propelled me to write this book. I started writing it earlier this year in January. So it was a really quick process, but yeah, no big know. deal, man. it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about writing a book for like five years. And so, yeah, it, but, <laughs> it wasn't in January last month, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, like, I'm just so like moved that, that it has, opened up the dialogue for people to reach out and let it, sharing their stories with me about their heartbreak and their divorce. And some people are still married and going, I'm unhappy. And I, I'm like, so scared. Like people are so we're scared with what's this different and we're comfortable with what's the same. And so people stay in things far too long because they're afraid of what else is out there and what's different. But I can tell you being on the other side, uh, yesterday was actually, I think, the one year 
I shouldn't call it anniversary, but a year ago is when I found out all the details of, of the guy that I married and how he was, you know, behind my back doing things that we didn't both know about. And, um, I will say that I'm in a far better place now, even, you know, even I'm happier today and more fulfilled and more on purpose than I was on my wedding day. And that was the, like, that was one of, I'm not going to say the, but it was one of the greatest days of my life because it was so filled with love and light and my family and him and all of these things were so beautiful. And the fact that I can genuinely say, oh, I'm, it's better now is crazy to me. It's insane. It's beautiful though. And, um, I was listening, guys, you have to check out Manon's podcast, Serious But Funny with Johnny Carlson. You guys are so dynamic on it. And I was actually just listening to the fourth episode you released where you really, you get deep and you are very vulnerable and you tell the story. And one of the things that really struck me was you saying you didn't realize how heavy and kind of like dark your ex was. Yeah. Um, Because we don't know it until, until we can step away. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you probably do feel lighter and better. Um, being I lost other. eight pounds when he moved out within like a week or two. I lost eight pounds. It just fell off of me. I mean, I was not eating enough, but, but it wasn't, if I felt physically lighter and I was getting lighter because this, this heavy, I felt responsible for him in a lot of ways. And I was just like, you know what? We fell in love. I committed my life to this person. The the love is so deep. And I know that he has a lot of past trauma and, you know, it's triggering stuff within me, but I'm willing to do it. And okay, let's go. And so when this happened, I was kind of like, oh, wait, I don't have to carry this man anymore. Hang on. <laughs> like I, there was parts of me that was relieved. I must say it's so crazy because listening to the story, you were carrying him on so many levels, like literally financially. It seemed like, I mean, you bought the house. I was carrying him financially. Yes. I paid rent. I paid for mostly everything other than groceries when he, yeah. Oh God. So yeah, you felt lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Uh, I mean, if you don't mind, could you maybe elevator, not elevator pitch, but like just, Go into whatever you want. So the people for the people have- that have no idea what we're talking about have an idea. <laughs> They're like, who the fuck is this dark person that's sucking her dry of money? <laughs> yeah. Long story long. Long story short, I moved to New York in 2017. I met a guy on the internet on Instagram, and I found him, or so I thought, and messaged him because he just drew me in, and I realized he had already messaged me 18 months before. And he said that I've shined and unlike any other human he's ever met. And I'm like, Oh my God. And we FaceTime and instantly I felt like I met my husband. I'd never felt that before. And we just fell in love and had a beautiful time. He met my mom before he met me. It's a long story. He comes from Australia. See, like, this is why they have to just listen to my podcast episode three and four, because it's such a long story, but it's also a beautiful story. And you kind of have to have the backstory. Um, I feel, but maybe that's just me thinking that like, it's important, but long story short, I met someone and fell in love. We got engaged and, and his family flew in from Scotland and Australia for the wedding. And, and we actually moved into a home that I purchased 
um, five days before the wedding. And, you know, we got, we had great communication. We went to Tony Robbins together. We both did landmark forum, which is, a you know, it's all for mental health type things to just better your life. We would meditate. We didn't Can I drink. just say something about your Tony Robbins video? Um, oh, <laughs> you, yes. um, I am convinced you actually created the very popular WAP dance um, because if you watch the video on Manon's page of her at the Tony Robbins convention dancing in front of 15,000 people, she is pounding the ground the same way. I should repost that. And, and, <laughs> oh my God. I should repost that and be like, you're welcome, Cardi B. Yes, Manon, do that, please. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. I will. I digress. I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> okay. Um, where did I leave off? You were doing whatever. All the we work. had a great relationship. I mean, yes, there were times it was heavy, but I just felt like, you know what? I I have my own stuff and I took a lot of responsibility for a lot of things. I was taught a few years back if I'm triggered or if I'm feeling something, that's that's on me. And so I need to take care of it. And so I would be journaling like crazy. So like, you know, he was a really loving man. And, and um, but I felt a heaviness at times. And anyway, I kind of would just truck along. And there was a couple times where my gut would speak to me, but I wouldn't listen. And that's the part that makes me the most sad is that I didn't give myself the space to be like, hold on. I know I've already committed to you, but but let's just let's just take some space so where I can really feel myself. I didn't give myself that, and I think that's a huge thing that I look back on. Of wow, I really wasn't listening to my gut. I feel like that's been this whole journey is just trusting myself. Because a month after the wedding, uh, I found out that he had been on and off messaging women inappropriately, like very inappropriately. Not just after the wedding, but. I'm now learning throughout the whole relationship from day one. God. So he's not who I thought he was at all. He completely lied and manipulated and only showed me one side of the coin of who he was and just basically told me anything that I wanted to hear to get me to um, be with him. And, you know, he was so loving to me. He never yelled. He never, you know, we... I think parts of us got along really, really well. And, you know, it wasn't the case where um, everyone around me was like, man, and watch out. Like, no, everybody was like, oh, you met your person. Like, we love him. So it was was a unique situation in that I think he's very good at what he does. I, but I, I basically found out that, you know, he was saying really unkind things about his new wife to a stranger. And that that's what hurt me the most was the, what looked like the ease he had about, you know, calling his wife useless and boring and not funny and she's nothing. And you're, I won't be with her forever. That's for sure. You're my true love. And I'm like, who, who is this person that he's saying this to? It was like, that was what hurt me the most was, and I know why he did it. It's like, You know, when a person is very insecure, they have to make people around them look small so that they can feel good about themselves. But that's not where I thought he was at in his spiritual journey. I thought that that, I didn't think he had that in him. I'd had, I hadn't seen him say, well, it's funny because now I look back and I'm going, 
I guess he did say that unkind thing about that person. And I guess sometimes he would say that that person was dark. But I lied to myself thinking, but he wouldn't say that about me because he loves me because look how kind he is to me. And so this whole past year has basically been me trying to heal and grieve and grieve the loss of the future I thought we were going to have. And uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I personally just want to thank you um, because I feel like myself and so many other girls just reading your book alone was therapeutic and also will help so many women that might be on the verge of a situation similar to yours, either be more aware of signs or question certain things or actually listen to their gut instincts, which that's the biggest thing. It really is. Yeah. It's so crazy because especially even listening to your podcast and hearing you tell the story and going through all the emotions you had, meeting him, how you met, your courtship, and also finding out I had not a completely similar situation. I didn't get married and find out that, but like my first real like like love where the same when you meet, we shook hands and I was like, oh my God, like this is my guy. It was like the same reaction. And the same things where like everything happened too fast, too soon. The I love you's came too early. The wanting to get close with my family and like inserting himself into situations, like everything you were saying, I feel like, I don't know if there's a word for this kind of behavior, but it resonated. And then- sociopathic love bombing is what it's, I'm learning about all these new words. Love bombing yeah. is where they just love you and sit, like, overload you with love way before they even really know you. But because on a deep level, you know, and love yourself, you're, you're assuming, Oh, they see me, you know, you're not assuming, Oh, their motives are bad. Oh yeah. I mean, they're out to get me. (laughs) You don't think that you're you're trusting what they're saying, but that is definitely a sign to look out for. Uh, Well, I, my situation, this was over a decade ago and I'm so grateful it didn't work out and I didn't get to the point of marrying this person. Um, we're cool now, but I literally went to work. We worked at the same place and saw his rehearsal dinner reservation for like a few months in advance for his wedding. And I had no idea he was even in a relationship engaged. None of that. Um, when we had dated and that same, your like reactions, the way you described like everything you felt when you found out it's that like crazy feeling of like, how is this possible? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot to go through too. Yeah, it's so crazy. But I would have loved to have read. I mean, it would have been so therapeutic over 10 years ago to read your book. So just know that like, I feel like you're helping out so many women, men, anyone that's either going through something similar to this or in a relationship that they might be having these feelings. Like, I just feel like that's why I wrote it. Girl, that's exactly why I wrote it. Yeah, because I knew that this story was bigger than me. And that I was supposed to, because of how it flew out of me so effortlessly, like that's how you know that it's supposed to come out is because, yes, it was cathartic for me to write, sure. But I had so much fear because I was like, if I write this, he's going to be mad at me. (laughs) You know, like I literally was like, I was like, I don't want to upset him or you know, his mom. And I'm like, wait, hold on. He had no consideration for you. I had to literally have people tell me, Manon, 
He had no consideration for you the entire time. And the way you've already written about it, like if you read the book, I leave so much out. And the whole point is not to badmouth him. It is to, hey, ladies, just because one person is that way doesn't mean that all men are and keep your heart open. Do not close your heart because of, of another man's pain. Like there's a lesson. And I had to really like get clear of what was my why. Like, why am I putting this book out there? And it was, it was to share the truth so that anybody, if even one person reads it and feels relief, then my, the job's done. It's not about him. It's not about me. It's bigger than us, you know? Yeah. And all the work that you've done over the past decade of your life, really, I feel like help you come to those conclusions. Yes. Um, and I mean, you even talk about like praying for him and just hoping he's okay and all of that. And I feel like that's a really healthy way that you're lucky to be able to be going about it. Um, yeah. Cause so- it helps, it helps me in the moment when I, when I have felt anger or resentment or sorrow, I go, well, what's the truth? Like the truth underneath all of it is, is that there's just love. And so I'm just going to send him love because that's going to help me too. You know? I don't um, want to carry around I, anger and resentment in my body. No, thank you. Well, the, yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're just like so angry and obviously like you have to mourn things and you have to go through all the different stages, which I'm sure you did when you first found out and, you know, over the past year, but eventually you do have to just like take that jacket of just anger and just all of it off and just move the fuck on. You are so mm-hmm. much better than that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I also love the 30 reasons to improve your life. So I, I think this is such a smart like section in your book and I, I know everyone's going to read it, but I wanted to know if you had like a top three favorites or like anything that like you definitely like hold with you every day that help you improve your life. Like anything mm-hmm. from that list you could shout out. Um, One that I'm like so amped on that has changed my life is speaking in the past tense with things that don't serve you. So the way that we talk to ourselves is most important. And so if we're speaking on depression, anxiety, anger, alcoholism, whatever it is, like, oh, I I can't sleep at night. If you can, if you can swiftly shift it to past tense, I used to be able to not sleep. The past is even a second ago, so it's not a lie. But it get what it does is it leaves room for the future to be different. And so if I if I say, oh, I used to overeat, and if used to was like five minutes ago, it's still truth because it is the past. And now what I'm doing for my unconscious mind is allowing my future to be different by saying I used to overeat. Now I, hmm, now I what? Now I don't now I I don't know so you get to create a new future so that's one is stating things in the past is really effective when we are speaking to people and when we're speaking to ourselves the second one is absolutely going on a morning gratitude walk getting the body and the blood flow even if it is 20 minutes putting on you know um, some positive affirmations in your ear so that you're just taking in good um, language and taking that time for yourself to get your, get your day ready 
and so that you can take your day and that your day doesn't take you. And then the third one is the, you know, I love the five, five and five. So if you're ever feeling anxious um, or nervous about something to get in the moment and to, you know, close your eyes and to breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds and then out for five seconds and doing that five times just to get present and just to get calm and get more oxygen. I love that. I would say everyone, let's do that right now. But hey, we don't got time. Um, <laughs> Ain't no time to feel good. <laughs> do it when you're done. When you're done, listening to this podcast, reading Manon's book, and listening to her podcast, then do it. Yes. Um, um, Manon, I could talk to you for another five hours, but um, we have a lot Thank of breathing you. to do. So. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's been so fun. Thank you for having me. I thank you so much for for being on. You're you're such an inspiration to so many people, and I wanted to know um, what you want next. Like, what's coming up besides being in a movie with Jennifer Aniston? Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what else do you want to do? <laughs> Well, other than the podcast and the book, I am now life coaching and life guiding, I like to call it. Um, and that's something that has been extraordinarily fulfilling for me. It's something that's been on, you know, the back burner of things that I want to do, but I just didn't really have the time and space and, and now I do. And so I've been taking on clients and working one-on-one with, with women to help them, you know, leave their past behind and, revitalize their energy and and heal from past relationships or past trauma. And that's, that's what I'm up to. So, you know, if that's something that interests anybody, feel free to DM me at manifestation on Instagram. I love that. I I think that's amazing. I've been wanting to do life coaching for a different reason with women. Um, And I just feel like, especially right now, we all, we all could use a little help and someone to talk to. Um, Totally. (laughs) You know, Um, and I told Manon right before we finished that I always like to have my guests do like a line from a Lady Gaga song who is gold, who also like basically won all of the VMAs, um, this past week and spread so much awareness about wearing your mask. And it's just so awesome. Um, so Manon does this really great voice. It's her little boy voice. Um, so I, before I like offer up suggestions for a song, is there any like lyric that comes to mind or like song or anything that just makes you happy that you'd want to do in his voice? Yeah. (laughs) All right. I love it. Um, Um, I'm going to let you think for a sec. I'm going to just thank you meatballs for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. That's the best way to find out about podcasts. And um, yeah, go read Manon's book. And without further ado, here's Manon Matthews doing a little Lady Gaga read. Do I sing it or say it? You could do whatever you want. You could sing, say, this is all you, whatever you want. Ho, 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 ho. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is a first on What's Your Jersey Man, and that was epic. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I didn't expect it, but that's what it was. It's like Baby Gaga. I love it. Um, baby Gaga! Baby oh my Gaga. God, I just came up with my whole new TikTok account. There you go. Take it. Run with it. Um, tag What's Your Jersey podcast in it. Um, <laughs> I will. You are such a delight, and I hope you had fun. I had so much fun with you. You too. You too. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. And guys, yes, please check out Manon's book. Um, thank you for being here, Manon. And Meatballs, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young. We're all on superstars.